Coaches, you know what that song means. It's time for the third annual A Pen and a Napkin Coaches Clinic. This year's clinic will take place on Saturday, April the 1st at Fort Calhoun High School in Fort Calhoun, Nebraska, just 20 minutes north of downtown Omaha. We've got a great lineup of speakers, starting with three great on-court demonstrations. Dick Jungers, the head girls basketball coach at Newell Fonda, Iowa, will start the day off with the ins and outs of his full-court run-and-jump defense that has led to multiple state championships. Dexter Goodner, the head girls basketball coach at Orton, Nebraska, will highlight his favorite shooting drills and his favorite sets, while Zach Foster, the head boys basketball coach at Hastings Adams Central High School here in Nebraska, will be showing us his 1-3-1 defense and the ins and outs of the mentality of shooters. One of the unique things about the Appendant and Napkin Coaches Clinic are our lunch classroom sessions. This year, we've got three great coaches giving classroom presentations. Brett Watson, the boys' head basketball coach at Waukee Northwest High School in Waukee, Iowa, just outside of Des Moines, is going to talk about coaching the mental game. Jake Nonnen, the head girls basketball coach at Superior High School here in Nebraska, is going to talk about developing your team and individuals through small-sided games, while Kylie Yates, the boys basketball coach at South O'Brien High School in Paulina, Iowa, is going to talk about implementing and also attacking the 2-3 zone. In addition to our presenters, we also have two designated breakout sessions where you will get the opportunity to discuss various topics with other coaches attending the clinic. These sessions are a great way to pick the brains of your peers at the clinic, and it's one of the most enjoyable points of our annual show. After a long day of learning about hoops, it'll be time to kick back and relax, and we'll be having an optional post-clinic social at the Longhorn in downtown Fort Calhoun, where we will be enjoying the opening game of the men's Final Four from Houston. It's $15 per coach to attend the post-game social. Our Appendant and Napkin Clinic is one of the most affordable clinics in America. For over seven hours of learning, we only charge $45 for the first coach. Think about that. That's about $6.50 an hour to come in and gather all this great information. If you bring in two coaches from the same staff, we bring that down to $85 for two coaches. $115 for three coaches from the same staff. And if you bring four or more coaches from your staff, it's only $35 per coach. Think of it. That's $5 an hour that you're paying for your staff to come in and have a great day. If you're interested in signing up for our pen and a napkin clinic, look at our flyer on Twitter and mail it in, print it off, send it in. Or you could DM me on Twitter at a pen and a napkin, or you can email me a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Registrations are due by Thursday, March the 30th, 2023. Coaches, don't miss out on one of the best coaches clinics in America. Come check out the A Pen and a Napkin Coaches Clinic. Good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a Pen and a Napkin podcast, a weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to Nebraska Girls State Tournament Roundtable Edition number two. And we are back here at the Mellow Mushroom right across the street from the Pinnacle Bank Arena in the Haymarket area of downtown Lincoln, Nebraska. Again, talk to come in, talk to Mike. Does a great job of taking care of his customers. If you're going to be down here this weekend or next weekend for the Boys State Tournament, you're down here for Husker basketball, whatever it may be, 
come down and check out the Mellow Mushroom. They got they got great food. They got drink specials. They got about everything you could think of down here. Carter Plum gave a great review on our podcast yesterday that you just heard this morning. Um, and uh, yeah, we've got uh, we got a lot of good stuff here. So be sure to to check out the Mellow Mushroom if you are in the downtown Lincoln, Nebraska area. If you're in the Haymarket area, especially if you're going to a basketball game, you come over, you eat. It's a 75 foot walk across the street. You go from warm to a little bit of cold to it's back warm again so uh but we're really excited to have our folks here on this podcast here today we've got a couple of guest producers carter plum is in the bullpen and sitting across the table is mr paul markley looking at his phone very intently today uh checking out the uh nebraska transfer portal uh, getting getting that ready to go here for for as early as next week that'll be rolling here uh, out of the bullpen, we've got another one out of the bullpen here today. Less than 24 hours after his season is unfortunately ended, uh, Mr. Casey Hall of Millard West. You've heard Mr. Hall probably. Casey, I'd have to go back and check, but I'm pretty sure you've been on more podcasts than anybody else in a pen and a napkin history. I've been on a handful, that's for sure. Yes, and look what that got you. A round of applause from Paul. A round of applause from guest producer Paul Markley. That boy. Uh, across the table from me, head women's basketball coach of the College of St. Mary's is Mr. Kirk Walker. Mr. Walker, how is the highway miles treating you this week? Well, a lot of highway miles this week. Bouncing back and forth from Des Moines? Uh, not back and forth. Well, I was I just, in Des Moines for three days, just, and I'm here for today. Yeah, yeah. My assistants were here yesterday, so we're trying to hit as many games as we can. And yeah. Finding players is easy, Marty. <laughs> Fight, finding them is easy. Finding it's them getting them easy. to go to your place is yes. the hard part. Yes. Yes. And from straight out of Dakota County in Nebraska, the northeastern corner, from South Sioux City High School, the girls' basketball coach, Mr. Steve Selk. Steve, good to have you back on a pen and a napkin. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a bit since we've had you on. It's been a while. I was actually thinking the other night because we uh, last time I was on we had – Last time I was on, we had uh, airplanes flying over me the whole time, and we had to keep taking stops because the air guard base was running there, <laughs> doing something, and it was loud. Yeah, they they were running drills, <laughs> yeah. running a drill. They they thought the uh, original Red Dawn was playing out in Dakota County there. They so were, there was something going on, they were refueling or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we've got uh, we got some topics that uh, we want to take a look at here today. And I said, if anybody goes down, we've got Paul Markley over there uh he's he's got his warm-up jacket on yep yep we, we've got the we got the bullpen cart ready just in case for for coach markley to jump in here so uh guys i got three or four things written down but if anybody uh, yeah i'm just i'm gonna open it up to you all folks uh is there anything you want to talk about before we get started here today or as we get started here today Pizza. We got we got some pizza, pizza being delivered here. Robert, our waiter, is is helping us out. There we are. So there you go. Uh, we are good. So um, let's get started with this here. As as Robert's taking some some food orders here. Um, everybody's been here pretty much all day today. Um, what's something that you saw today that you learned that you like? Something that you're like, hmm, I like that. I like that set, or I like what that program's doing. I, 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 uh, I, uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna think about adding that to our repertoire next year. What 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 have you seen today that you that you've really liked? I think kids are you know just like any time you you love the state tournament experience because of the 
um, energy that's in the gym. I mean, energy's in the gym all the time, but the state tournament brings a different level of energy, and you're in big arenas that can still get loud, and, uh-huh. uh, you know, you see the joy on the kids' faces of being here. Uh, this is my personal take, uh, being an Iowa boy and always having a state tournament throughout a week at one venue, uh-huh. bringing the small schools the that used to play in the high schools to PBA and Devaney, I think is definitely a win for the um, association. Uh, I think those kids get down here; they deserve an opportunity to play in a big arena. Yep. Uh, I really i I feel like that's something that's needed to be done, and I haven't been here that long, but I think the kids definitely feel better about that. Mm-hmm. You, you, you talked about Iowa; you just came over from Iowa. Both both states are running their girls' state tournaments concurrently. There's my vocabulary word for the day. Not bad for a Briar Cliff grad, but we'll, we'll take true, it. True. Yeah, uh, but uh, what's what? You know, Casey, you're an Iowa guy. Uh, I'm an Iowa guy. Kirk, you're an <laughs> Iowa guy. Selk, where'd you grow up? I'm diehard Husker. So okay, well, all right. So you're out of this conversation yeah. right now. So <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, you know what? What's the better setup? You know, the the one site, week long. You can see every single game, or you kind of got the, you know, Nebraska has the multiple sites. And I, and I know each state, especially Nebraska, has its reasons for running the multiple sites because of travel for, for a lot of schools, especially out in the panhandle and that type of stuff. But uh, what are your thoughts on that type of thing? You really want me to go there? <laughs> I, I don't know. That's I, something I've saw or liked is uh, I think it, by putting it at one site and it kind of stretches it out, you can make it more special for the kids to make it an event. Um, you know, for us, we went out to Scott's Bluff for our district final game, and it was fun. We got on the charter. We stayed in the hotel. We treated it. The the experience wasn't just, hey, we're getting out of school. We're leaving. We're going to show up in Scott's Bluff at 12 o'clock at night. We're going to you know, hopefully get some sleep and then play the next day. It was you know, our school was nice, and they supported us, allowed us to take the day. We uh, practiced in Garing High School, and then went out to eat as a, as a team. And we, you know, so that was just one game. And I see, like, you know, Bishop Heelan, who we play, they've been in Des Moines now this week, and they're doing those things where it's it's the it's the experience for it. Yes. It's not just a game. It is it's the experience. It's a reward for playing uh, or you know having a good year and going to the state tournament. So I like that that it's one site and those types of things that allows you to. It's team bonding time at the end of the year, too. Yeah, the stuff you're really going to remember. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, if you end up cutting down the nets, that's obviously a, a huge thing to remember. But, you know, everybody kind of gets that type of thing. So what do you think, Case? Um, I I like why Nebraska has extended it the extra day to Wednesday. Um, I think that's – I know it – I mean, being in Class A now for four years, I've, like that extra day off – Say if we would have won last night, it would have been nice to have. Now for Class B, they're playing three today, three and three. Thursday, Friday, they're playing three in a row. I think that's tough, and I don't know if the NSA is going to change that and rotate it. So how that works, but I don't know if that's a travel thing too, where mm-hmm. you don't want teams spend it. Teams don't fam, schools and teams don't want to spend their time down here. Yeah. Um, but my biggest gripe, I guess, with how things are run differently is. I'm working on Monday, Tuesday, kind of, in my, my real job, and I can sit there and watch every single Iowa basketball game for free on YouTube. Um, I love it. Like, growing up there, I mean, I don't have 
any connections anymore for Iowa high school basketball. I mean, I haven't lived there for years, but I can go back. I can go watch their games whenever I want. Nebraska does it wrong that way. NSA does it wrong. Like, you got to go on NSA, pay your 12 bucks, or the NFHS, pay your 12 bucks to be able to just watch a game. That's if it works. If it works. And if you don't have NCN, NCN, I wish they had something with that where they would broadcast every game and it would be local. But that's my biggest gripe in general. I mean, I know we talked about the site stuff, and that was the main question. But yeah. that's my biggest gripe is why can't people in Nebraska be able to watch the games for free? Why can't we go on YouTube and say, hey, I want to type in Nebraska Girls State Basketball and just watch a game mm-hmm. instead of calling your family that may not live in the state of Nebraska to come and watch it or have a five-hour drive, they can just pull it up and watch it on YouTube. But that's just me. I could be wrong with that, but I think that's where state of Nebraska is losing in the ballgame a little bit. And we won't tell your employer that you spent Monday and Tuesday watching high school basketball. That's all right. If they find out, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for me, I guess I'm looking at it from a recruiting standpoint, a recruiting budget standpoint. Uh, I'm not going to tell anybody how to do things, but, you know, it's nice – uh, I think both tournaments are great. I think um, I agree with Steve. I think when you, you qualify to get here, it's similar in the fact that it, it should be an experience. Uh, yes, there's people that come from the panhandle. It's a little different because in Iowa, it's in Des Moines. Everybody's kind of, you know, three hours-ish. You know, Sheldon's probably what you're looking four. At. It's, a, it's four to Des Moines from northwest Iowa. Yeah. So, you know, you're... But you're either way. You're you're looking at an experience, and I realize you're, you know you get into northwestern Nebraska or western Nebraska, and it can be seven hours of drive time. And I get all that, but most of the time, it's so hard to come back year after year. You mm-hmm. know, so it's a it's an experience you might only get once in your high school career. So why not make it an experience? Why not? You know, you're 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 playing on Wednesday, and and you know the town, the community, the businesses are going to support it financially. Uh, for me, I can go to Des Moines and walk in the door in the morning at 10 o'clock and never have to leave yeah. in one venue. Uh, that's one nice thing about doing it throughout the week. You know, you, you walk in, there's games from 10 o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. It costs you $10 to walk in the door, and you're done for the day. Versus, mm-hmm. you know, it, you granted, you can buy the pass and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. lesson learned. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But it's thirty dollars, and and you're you're watching three days of basketball down there. Yeah. Um, so from a financial standpoint, I mean it's better. But I think both tournaments are are well run, and I think the um, the experience part of it, like Steve said, is uh-huh. is is part of it. So you go all week, yeah. you know, and and if you have to wait around, they do, you know you do it by class. So you know the the five A. In Iowa, the 5A, the large school classes, play on Monday in their quarterfinal. They play on Wednesday in their semi, and they play on Friday in their in their final. final. Yep. You know, and and you know if you're playing early enough in the day, uh, you can determine whether you're going to stay or not. You might have to stay if you lose the first round. You might have to stay one night. Yeah. You know, and then you go home. So you're you're really only out one if you lose. Um, you know, other than that, you you're just it's just yeah. an experience, and it needs to be. And, I, I, and with that, like Coach Walker said, like most schools, they can stay there. They don't have to. I mean, I grew up an hour away. Like when I made it to state in high school, like we're 50 miles away. So it's not like you have to stay there. But like you said, it's an experience to be able to stay there. Some schools can't financially do it. Some 
some don't want to do it. Yeah. But I think I think that's the big thing. It gives you the option to do it more than that. And I I think that's what Nebraska's kind of missing the boat on a little bit, not making it a little longer during the week and going Monday through Saturday. Yeah. But I do get some of it with the seven-hour difference, well, like, too. Like Casey said, you know, if you go the whole week, everybody gets at least one day off. Yeah. Yes. Between maybe it's your quarterfinal and then you play a semifinal final. Or, mm-hmm. you know, it's a quarterfinal day off, semifinal day off, or however it works. Yeah. You know, you're, but you're, there's a day in there at least, and that's I know, nice. I, I know in 2016, kind of get with your day off, we played the, I think it was the 8.30 game. It was the last year of the three games of session. So we had the really late game. Mid afternoon game. And it's an eight forty five. Trust yeah. me, I yeah. I, had, I had to coach that game one time. <laughs> yeah, the eight forty five yeah. game, three o'clock game or three thirty game the next day, and then the one o'clock championship game. Yes, we were exhausted. Yeah. I mean, that was. And I don't I don't know how the girls felt, but our coaches. I mean, we we got back into into Elkhorn, and it was three o'clock by the time we got, and then we met the next morning at eight to try to get the game plan finished and everything so that turnaround does, but at the same time it's it's everybody's problem um you know it, it's a quick turnaround for everybody but it is but, <laughs> that that, but is it truly for everybody because the teams that are coming yeah. from a distance that are staying here that aren't driving back to omaha or whatever you know yeah. they save themselves two hours let's be real yeah and you know well in the split session teams mm-hmm. you know class b had two games nine and ten forty five or whatever yeah. it, Pinnacle Bank, and then you have the two late games. So I guess yeah, so. You're you're talking you're talking a two hour time frame if they stay here, plus another probably hour and a half by the time you have to get up and leave the next morning. So you're saving yourself almost four hours, yeah. you know that way. And so I, I think you know a day off is good. We always talk about athlete safety and stuff like that. And you know three games in three days is hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think one of the things that uh, one of the things that I saw last year, and last year was different for Nebraska. They did a boys and girls state tournament all in one week, and it was a week-long thing. But the way it was set up, it was, you know, Monday. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was Monday boys, Tuesday girls, Wednesday boys, Thursday girls, you know, whatever whatever it was, however they set it up. And what I really noticed last year was the quality of play in the semifinals and the finals was so much better just because teams had rest mm-hmm. throughout the week. And and I think that when you want to showcase your best teams on the biggest stage, wouldn't you want them playing their best ball on those televised games on, on Friday and Saturday? You know, last year they played finals on Friday and Saturday. So for me, that's that's that was something that jumped out to me was the scoring was way up in the semifinals and the finals, in large part because kids had their legs because they had some rest. They had some rest, and that, and that's and that's and that's you see that I, in Iowa. And too. I've said I've said this before to other coaches, like and even like regular season stuff. Like we've gotten away from our playing Friday Saturdays at Millard West. Like and we're kind of more like Tuesday Saturday or Tuesday Friday. And I and I always tell people, I'm like, why are high school girls playing back to back games now? There might be what five percent that go on to play college maybe a little higher than that do you guys ever play back-to-back games that often i mean college level yeah there aren't many back so that's my thing why are we doing it to high school kids when and i'm gonna gonna when we do it to college i mean that's just me i'm gonna throw it out this way too though 
for a lot of these kids, not all of them, but a lot of them that play basketball, they're used to playing five games in a weekend. Now, granted, it's different. Yeah. You know, you don't have the scout prep. You don't have the video. You don't have all that. But they're 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 used to that. And yeah. I think that, uh, let's be real here, the, you know, and, and maybe they do it in the guys, but, you know, it, it, that's what it revolves around most of the time. What are the days that the guys can play, whatever. And, you know, going back to the state tournaments, I think it's probably whatever you grew up with. Mm-hmm. Because, like, in Texas, they have a Final Four for their state tournament. In South Dakota, they play, you get three games no matter what because they play it out through eighth place, mm-hmm. you know. And it, whatever you grow up with, in South Dakota plays in different cities so like this year the double a's are in sioux falls and i think the a's are in huron and or wherever and the other one's watertown so they play in three different cities for three let different alone classes three different venues for three mm-hmm. different classes and but you know they have to have those venues because they're playing you know but they're only playing four games in the four games in a day yeah but they're playing four games each day each for team's three days. playing three yeah, yeah. so I think it's probably whatever you grow up with, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm from Iowa, so I personally like it. it's always been that way. And in Nebraska, it's always been three days. So for a lot of the kids in Nebraska, adding that and, and parents and everything, adding that extra day is like, wow, we got one more day, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, let's. Uh, you you kind of we talked about college a little bit. And, you know, Kirk, obviously, your your college coach, and, and we'll start with with you on this topic. Um, I, I think one of the things that you're looking at, you're down here looking for, for kids. You're down here looking for talent. You're looking for ways to make uh, the Flames better. Mm-hmm. And, and and uh, I think sometimes uh, coaches aren't really clear as to what level their kid is perhaps, I don't want I don't, a bad word to use, I get it, so qualified to play or what what is the best level for them to play yes. at if they're looking to play at the next best level fit is the, the best, best fit there we go thank you and that politically correct incorrect moment is brought to you by the mellow mushroom in downtown lincoln <laughs> nebraska but uh you know what what are some things that that high school coaches can do to help prepare their kids if they are interested in playing college ball as a high school coach, what can they do to help them get? You talking about preparing them on the floor, or what they, they can do to help all them the way, the all the way around, process? all the way around. Well, uh, and, and and for Casey and Steve and myself, you know, what are things that you've done to help kids prepare for college ball? You know, talking about that type of stuff. So go ahead. Sorry, I think Kirk. the biggest thing is, and, and I've always said this: if you're good enough, coaches are going to find you. Yeah, and I always revert back to Carly Tritz, who played at Creighton. Carly was an all-stater in volleyball. She was an all-stater in basketball. She was an all-stater in, in uh, soccer. Probably could have played D1 in all three. Uh, didn't really play AAU basketball, you know. But she had the, for- the good fortune of playing in three state title games in a row, you know. So not many kids get that opportunity. But if you're good enough, people are going to find you. They're going to know about you. Um, you know, as, as, as far as the on-court X's and O's, it, uh, I think – the things that jump out to coaches are it, it, just like you as high school it, as high school coaches. I was in the same boat. If kids kids just have a motor, if they just go, boom, they jump out to you. Uh-huh. Kids that can really handle it jump out to you, and kids that can shoot it jump out to you. Yeah, you know, and they don't. I've always said you don't have to be a great defender, but are you a willing defender and are you relentless? Uh-huh. 
You know, you may not be the quickest kid on the floor. You may not be able to keep everybody in front of you all the time. But are you going to give that second and third effort? Are you going to are you going to buddy run when the ball's going down the court? Or are you going to are you going to race the ball down the court and try and get down the court ahead of the ball every single time? Mm-hmm. Are you sprinting your lane in transition? Those kind of things. And then as far as for, for me anyway, I think kids always wait for college coaches to contact them. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you know, if they're interested in me, they'll contact me. Trust me, I'm here. Like, I know that my um, my biggest thing right now is I have to uh, connect with the rural Nebraska kids better. I know that. I, it's, it's, it's an area I've been weak in, and I have to get better at that. There's so much talent out in the rural areas, you know. I, I focus most of my attention on the Lincoln to Omaha area. I've got to get to central Nebraska and north central Nebraska and northeast Nebraska and find more of those players. But a lot of times those players find homes because they and their high school coaches are recruiting the schools. I always told my kids in high school, the the things that you need to look at, number one, you need to truly look at how far away from home am I really, truly willing to go. That's number one. Mm -hmm. What is my major and what schools are really good with that major? You know, And then where can I find the best fit? And the best fit for most kids, honestly, is where can I play? Yeah. You know, they sit there and say, okay, well, I really like school X because they're really good. And then they don't look at, well, how many how many point guards has school X already recruited? What is their what is a roster already comprised of? What what are they bringing in? That kind of thing. So you need to find a, a, a fit, and it starts with academics. You know, it really does. And then it, every kid says, well, I just want a family atmosphere. Well, you're it, it's. But they all want the family atmosphere, I feel, that they had in high school. But they've been playing with these kids in high school for four years, six years, seven years, eight years. You get to college, and you're around a whole new group of people that you have to blend together in one year. And a lot of kids really aren't willing to to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think they need, if they really are interested in playing college basketball, they need to find schools that have their their major, you know, like for us. We have 35 majors. A lot of people don't realize that because we were initially a nursing school. They look at us at a nursing school. Our health sciences are really strong. Exercise science, a PA program. Uh, you know, you can get a go three years undergrad, two years master's PA program. Physical therapy, doctorate, OT, doctorate. Um, exercise science, like I said, is really good. So, you know, but we have business. We have psychology. We have education. And that a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. And then we're centrally located in Omaha. We're right down by Xarban Village, you know. So that's my plug for CSM. There you go. But but that's this this section of the uh, (laughs) the round table sponsored by College of St. Mary's. But but I think kids have to go out and recruit schools. Don't don't wait around for schools to recruit you because a school you might be interested in may not know about you just because. Like, I can't get to all the AU tournaments. I can't get to all the high school games. I can't – I don't know all the high school coaches. Yeah. yeah. Steve, what are some ways that you've helped prepare your student-athletes for the college experience that, that they've been experienced – or that – in your experience, excuse me? Um, I've kind of done it a little bit differently just because I spent a lot of time coaching uh, baseball at Elkhorn South as yeah. well. And that's where – it's still the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, you know. and I had a – there was an assistant coach up there that runs the Nebraska Prospects, and so he actually gave me some 
like email templates and some stuff about that. Like, how do we go about talking to a coach or how do we introduce ourselves to a coach? Um, one thing I try to do now up at South Sioux with basketball is our, uh, our team camp. I invited all the GPAC coaches and other area coaches. We'll have it again this year yep. if you want to come back up. Um, but, you know, I, and I heard a lot of high school coaches like, hey, that was a good idea. We had, I think we had four or five people stop in last year and check out um, different games we had um, going on. And so just kind of getting that extra little exposure for them because it, it is, it's easier to see kids in, you know, we had 21 different teams, 16 schools there last year. Played I'm five copy or whatever it was. I'm so, going to copy that for, for, um, for our team camp here. You know, that so. was, I think that helped us get some people in there. I told our coaches that were coming in, like, hey, we're going to have – I've invited other coaches so that you can get your kids in there. Um, it is a little different. I see, like, when my dad coached and when my brother went through the recruiting process and even me for a little bit of a different sport was – it was through the high school coach. Now there's a lot of contact that's happening through the club coaches yeah. and stuff like that. So it is a little bit weird for me. It's like, oh, I don't know exactly what's going on, but what do you need out of me? And, and, and asking the, the kids where contacts for with the, the two that I've got that are really looking at playing. I know they, um, the one she asked me every time for, if, is it okay if I give your number out to so-and-so? Yep, absolutely. I know. You know, and I just, I just ask that just give me a heads up that so-and-so may be calling me about your daughter just so I know I'm not caught off guard or I'm looking for another number from somebody else and those types of things. I like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to copy that for just our don't have it on the same day. What, what day is yours? On the last Thursday of June. Okay, we're good. Okay. All right, we're good. So, <laughs> so one more thing I do want to say, I think with kids that they get – most kids that are freshmen, if they're decent players, if they're starting on their high school team – they say, I want to play D1, D2. Great, you have that goal. Make sure you're careful what you wish for. Because I would suggest that any kid that wants, you know, that says, I want to play D1, D2, you have, we have 12 GPAC schools, NAI level schools. GPAC, arguably the best conference in the, in the country. Out of our 12 schools, we'll have, we'll have six, five for sure, possibly six, maybe seven, of our 12 schools going to the national tournament. We'll yep. find out later today. But go to a go to a GPAC game and just see the level of play. Yeah. You know, uh, perfect example. Um, last year we finished ninth in our league. Dort played uh, in the national championship game. We beat Dort at their place. We took them to overtime at our place. Hastings finishes ninth this year. Northwestern finishes fourth, third in our league. Hastings beats them by 18 at their place last game of the year. You know, yeah. Dome beats Dort, who's number four in the country, at their place. It's it's a very competitive league, and I, I don't think kids realize what level you have to be at just to play college basketball, let alone Division Two, Division Three. And then the other thing is, is just because it says NCAA doesn't make it a step above NAIA. Yeah, you know, I'm not knocking D3s. I've got co- friends that coach at the D3 level. It's a great level, but it's very comparable to NAIA. You know, that's just yeah. reality. Yeah. So, so go watch a GPAC game and see what it takes. How many former Division One players are in the GPAC? Because I, I can think of several off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. In like D1, D2, Division One recruits. Yeah, yeah that yeah, transfer not back just home. Division One. Yeah, yeah. That, that went and played and played at Division One schools like, like. I'll, I'll use McKenna Sims. You know, she played at Illinois State. She was playing 10, 12 minutes a game. Yeah. 
Okay, maybe some people say, well, it's only 10 or 12 minutes. You're playing at a team that this year won the Valley. And you come back, and she's an All-American candidate at Morningside. You know? And so, again, it comes down to what level, what's your fit? Yeah. Where can you find success? Where can you be an all-conference player? And I always say this. Where can you go to have a great career? Yeah. Not just be on a roster and play D. Say I was on a D1 team. You know, I was on that team. Yep. How about you, Case? I think for me, I mean, I've kind of been on the AAU circuit the last you five have. summers. So like, yeah, yeah, that's a different perspective. Yeah, for me, yeah, go into that. For me, it was me, like, trying to get to know the girls because they're not girls that I coach during the regular season. Not all of them, anyway. So trying to figure out what they want to do. Do they want to play basketball in college? What are they looking at? And then it's me putting myself out there to the college coaches, like I'm recruiting them to recruit my girls. Like getting to know like Coach Walker, Coach Gilbert, like different coaches in the just I'm just naming G Pack coaches, getting them getting to know them better to see what they want with their program, what fits for the girls going forward, uh-huh. um, and then keeping that relationship going. Because I mean I can I can talk to Coach Walker all the time if I want to. I mean he can text me and goes hey, see anybody lately, and I can throw a name out there, whatever. But go from yeah. there like that's how it goes i mean everyone communicates with everybody yeah yeah the, the network is very yeah. tight so well and like for me too i'm sorry to jump in here but you know if, if if there's a kid looking for a certain major you know i'll tell the kid point blank hey we don't have this major but so-and-so does yeah whether it's a gpac rival or not i'm not going to try and fit a square peg in a round hole sure if we if we don't have like engineering. We don't have an engineering school. I'll call a kid. I'm, I major in engineering. I'll tell them point blank. We don't have engineering. So, you know, I really like you. If there's something I can do to help you out, let me know. Yeah. You know. I, I think one of the things that I've done with my kids over the years is, uh, and this goes back to my, my uh, prior cliff days, uh, it's really, really hard to get minutes at any college program worth its salt. You know, uh, we would routinely, and, and we were really good. I mean, you know, we were really, we were top five in the country for five, six years in a row. We we would have all-staters that would quit before the first practice started. And, and, and what, I try to, what I try to tell my kids is you have to imagine a scenario that if you're going, especially the better the program, probably the harder you're going to work, stereotypically, you know. And so you have to be ready that those coaches are basically paying you a a salary so to speak for you to play basketball for pro uh, basketball for them therefore they expect you to earn that salary by putting in the time in the weight room putting in time working on your shot working on your skill development that type of thing you know here you know you you worked hard but if you truly want to play you have to take that work ethic and even gear it up another notch or two at least in order to give yourself an opportunity because everybody, even even a bad college basketball team, has some good basketball players on it at every level. They, there is some sort of qualification. They, they have some skill level to, to, to play. And and for you to understand that, or that's that's what I've always tried to tell my kids, is you, you have to be really prepared to elevate your work ethic to another level because it, it is for lack of a, uh, intensive, uh, 
lack of way of saying it. It is a it is your job because they are paying you a wage and a scholarship, so to speak, for you to play ball for them. And now it's it's a two way street. You're using that to help get yourself an education that is going to set you up for the rest of your life. Uh, but that's that's something I've always talked with my kids about before they've accepted that scholarship offer. Or they they say. I want to do this, you know. Okay, do you do you realize what this is going to be all about? If you're really going to do this the right way, they see the practice and the games. They don't see the extra time in the gym, the fact that in the preseason you're you're lifting four times a week and you're conditioning three times a week, and you know all yeah. of that. That you know, I'll I'll just find a job. Well, okay, you got Sundays, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. kind of thing. But but most, I think most coaches are will work with kids with stuff like that but it is it's it's definitely different and it's um it's a job and and like you said marty it's the getting on the floor as a freshman i think every program works hard and i'm not saying you're wrong but i think the biggest difference is the level of competition based on the depth of your roster that's what what teams are trying to build is as you build the depth of your roster and and I tell our kids point blank, your job is to get better. My job is to recruit better players. That's just reality. Yeah. And so I'm, you know, I'm out there. I'm not trying to recruit kids that are just as good as the kids we have. I'm trying to recruit kids that are better than them, so that sure. we can get better. Yep. yep. Um, let's uh, let's switch up gears here. Uh, we've all recently ended our, our season. Some of us sooner than others. Listen, sorry, Case. Don't mean to poke at the open scar here, buddy. That's but, all right. Yeah. Uh, as you as you take some time to distance yourself, <laughs> hey, come on now, that was on. It's radio. Uh, as, as you have, I, I won't tell you what just happened, but it is a good thing it's on on a audio podcast. So, uh, but uh, looking back on your season, how do you kind of traditionally look back on your season? I mean, there, there's those impulse reactions the day after the, the the week after you know what are what are some ways that you usually go back and evaluate your season how do you how do you evaluate it how do you determine a success uh maybe not as successful as what we wanted to so forth and so on steve i'm going to start with you on this one here you know what are some things that you're going to be doing in the next days and weeks to kind of evaluate your season and prepare for your off season here uh, much like i asked my parents you know after a game not to you know, if they have a complaint, give it some time. It's kind of what I'm doing with myself. I'm, I'm down. I'm glad I'm down here. I'm glad schools let me come down here and everything. But I'm trying not to be impulsive when I'm done and overreact to every little thing here. And so I'm just trying to give myself some time. Um, we have a great group of, of girls this year. Um, I was like, you know, we get weekly grade reports for the entire school. None of our girls were on it last week. That was great. Um, they haven't been all year, so it's like stuff like that that I want to celebrate for them too. But you know, going forward, then I'll send out a state of the union per se to our assistant coaches and say, "Here's my knee-jerk reactions to the year. Here's what I, you know, and what are your thoughts?" And go over, sit down with them. Um, How soon after the season do you do that? Well, my one my one coach she jumped right back into track practice right away, so I'm letting her get started there. Another one's doing some baseball, softball work. Um, we'll have a time. We'll, we'll pick a Wednesday night, go out for pizza, and sit down and just kind of sum up the year. Townhouse or Bob Rose? Um, kind of depends. We've been uh, 
I can't even think of it right now. It's over by West High School now, on that direction. Uh, Alfredo's. Oh, Alfredo's. Go that's Alfredo's. a good place. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. Um, but we'll we'll sit there. I I listened to one of your podcasts uh, about you know waiting until after you know when you have your meetings and stuff like that. Trying not to. Part of it, I don't want it to end. I, I missed not going to practice. Like it was hard not going to practice. The other day. I stood up above the dome and watched the track team practice. And I hate track, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to run unless I got bouncing a ball or something like that. But um, we had so many girls that were involved in track, and they just went and stood there, and they, they had like their their meeting going on in track, and they were there. But it's like I miss being around the girls. So from some of it, I don't want it to end yet. Like I yeah. and, and so when you have your meetings and you have all the check ins. You really finalize the season, and it kind of stinks that way. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll get in. We'll have uh, postseason meetings. We'll talk about you know how things went. Some of it, you know, we've got a couple players that I, I want to sit down and make sure we're all on the same page as far as going to college. What what are you? What are your expectations right now? Where do you see yourself? What are mom and dad's expectations? And try to figure out what you know. Or realigned and where and everything like that. So we'll have those meetings in there as well. Um, I start announcing for baseball right away too. So uh, we just kind of—it's the best part about a high school. There's always something to do. You yeah. gotta get involved in the in the community. And today's Harry Carey's 109th birthday, by the way. I did see that. Yeah. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so, how about you, Casey? I know, I know it's I know it's it's fresh. It's like I said, it's about uh, 20 hours. You know, but. as an assistant, I kind of just follow the marching orders i mean yeah whatever coach Kruger says like coming up here i mean we'll have individual meetings and our banquet and all that stuff but uh, i don't know like today i worked a little bit this morning and then i'm like all right i guess i'll get ready for practice oh no i won't i mean and i came down here all day which is good but bad like sitting there watching the court after playing last night is kind of tough because you just replay multiple plays in your head um so it's it's tough i mean it's a like losing the senior class like we had is just kind of trying to wrap my head around that because when i came into miller west they were freshmen so like i've it's watched them kind of come all the way through like is your coach everyone has that one class that you start with and you're like that was where it was and that was that's kind of it for me um, so that's tough just thinking about that all the time. But I don't know. It'll be kind of kind of sit back and relax here the next few days, and I think it'll all kind of fall under on the table here soon. Coach Kruger will get things going, and then I'll just follow an order and do what needs to be done. So, like, I'm not in the head coaching role like you guys are anymore, so I don't have to overthink that too much. Yeah. Yeah. Walker? Well, for us, you know, we're about two weeks out now, and we'll do exit meetings next week. Um, you know, for us, we'll find out, you know, who's coming back, who's not. You yeah. Figure you're gonna, you know, we had four seniors, 16 kids and four seniors, and and just like Casey said, that was this senior's class was the first class I recruited. The first four kids, it kind of stuck with us, saw the vision, and unfortunately, they went through an awful lot between COVID and and some players leaving and and you know just trying to find some continuity and things like that was was tough but um we'll do exit meetings you know i've already i know three things that we just have to 
you know, you can't give up 75 points a game and expect to win. So we've got to be better defensively. Um, you know, we got to we got to score more. And and you know, like I break it down a little bit more into halves. So like, can we score eight to ten more points a game? And can we defend eight to ten points better? And if we can do that, we're going to be right there. Yeah. You know, on average and. Um, you know, we'll get together as a coaching staff. We'll have the exit meetings. We'll we'll get started right away again. Um, not right away, but uh, give the kids the things that we want them to work on. And we have three weeks. We get so many weeks a year that we get to work yeah. with the kids. And we Isn't it like 26 or 24? 24. 24. So we've got yeah. three weeks left. So when we come back after spring break, we'll go basically the whole the last week of March, the whole month of April, and the first week and a half or so of May. Three weeks in there will be um, we can actually be on the floor with them. I've got to see what that's going to look like because do I practice four days a week? You know, because we're still going to be lifting. Um, our strength coach and our track coach are doing a speed deal two days a week, so we'll start that next week. But then we won't start anything till after spring break on the I think is the week of the 20th through the 24th or something. So we'll come back yeah. after that. And uh, yeah, it, it, you know. We knew there, we knew there wasn't going to be a postseason for us, and so you know we just coached through those last games, and we happened to win our last game because our kids played really hard, and our seniors did a great job of keeping everything together when it could have exploded, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm really appreciative of them for that and what yeah. they've done for us and stuff like that. But yeah, it's 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 thanks because you're you know you want to be on the floor with them, but um, you appreciate what they've done and and you let them know that. And, yeah, love on them a little bit right now, and and they don't have to hear your voice every day in practice. Yeah, and they realize you're human too, and they know I'm going to go play some golf. So yeah, it's all good. Is it just me, or did they just turn up the music like really loud? Turn up the music. Yeah, yeah. I, well, you know, I, although I am a big fan of Peter Cetera in Chicago, this, this is a little much right now. So I just uh, I got to say this. I speaking of music, I just saw this first first concert i ever went to is the doobie brothers they're going to be in lincoln the uh, 20th of august so uh, there you I go i try and go back yeah uh, huh how, ma- how many you. of I the brothers that, doobie Marshall. are still alive i have no idea yeah michael uh, mcdonald he's still doing commercials yeah, yeah. that's true yeah yeah they're, they're at pinewood bowl aren't they it's an outdoor concert i believe yeah i think so makes, makes, i think so so yeah yeah convince my wife to go listen to more. she's a country person <laughs> so i have to convince her to come down if not i'll just go by myself yeah <laughs> um I think Steve brought up a good point. I don't think you want to rush into anything. Uh, like you said, kind of that that impulse, like, we got to do, you know, you look at that last game that you that you lose, especially you're like, we got to do this, and we got to do this, we got to do this. And, and I think, um, kind of like with us as coaches, and I, you know, I've talked about this on pods before, after a game, especially after you lose or after maybe you don't play well, it's best to kind of, keep your powder dry and not say a whole lot and then if you give yourself 24 hours you watch the film once or twice if you're still upset about your box outs or your your turnovers or whatever the situation then and then you can kind of figure out exactly how you want to address it you know with your with your players at the end of the year it's been a long year for you it's been a long year for them um and and i think that and, and sometimes you have to have tough conversations with kids after the season's over you know hey Mary, it was really disappointing that you didn't, you know, I felt like you could have done a lot more with the time you spent in the gym or whatever whatever the, the topic 
du jour may be, but um, yeah, I, I think it's best that you really take your time and wait uh, to have those conversations to make sure that that's really what you feel like is appropriate, what you need to say to that kid in that situation, because you can, you know, one three-minute conversation can screw up a lot of trust that you may have built up over a year, two years. If they're a kid in your youth program, like for Steve and Casey and I, you know, three, four, five, six years of, of, of relationships there, you know, and and so uh, I'm not against tough conversations. I'm not against, you know, sometimes you have to be really brutally honest with some kids depending on the scenario, but I, I think it's best to really sit back and really evaluate and talk to your assistant coaches about Steve or, or Mary or whatever it may be, whatever situation you may be in, to, to really be patient with that as you evaluate your season. And then, you know, I think evaluating your program, you know, I'm sure you've talked a couple of times already, Kirk, about you realize that you've got to reach out to rural communities more. I'm sure that's not something that you came up with on Monday. I'm sure that's something that you've been thinking about yeah. for a while. And I think a lot of times when we look at our schemes, even we go, well, we lost our last game because the one three one just killed us, and we've got to everything we've got to do is got to revolve around attacking the one three one or whatever it may be. You know, takes the time to really think about before you reinvent the wheel. You you spent a lot of time putting this concept together. Do you really want to reevaluate or reinvent it based off of one game or one situation? What do you think about that, Steve? Yeah, it, 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 I, you know, I watched the team that beat us today didn't shoot very well today. You know, no. and so <laughs> that you sit there, and then you're like, okay, what do we do differently? What do we do? And, and you know, Scott's Bluff had been here several years, and we, that was our our girls' first time really in having a chance at going to state. You know, we yeah. played two years ago for one that we didn't have a chance in, and this one. I know I felt we did, but Scott's both have been there. And so for me, I'm trying to sit there and look like, okay, how do I get our team prepared mentally for it while I'm bringing in, okay, what what, what did York do today without overreacting? Like you said, it's just kind of – it is. It's a weird feeling when you get that there. That's You're trying to not overreact so much, and it's – I'm getting, I take that probably more from my mom, actually, than uh, than anything. She's a very calm, mellow person when it comes to stuff like this. And she's always, as much as it annoys me, she's like, it's okay. You know, it's like, ah, you know, <laughs> it's not probably, okay. Yeah, but in the reality, it is. You know, we had, we had started the year, we got 14 and 15-year-olds in our starting lineup. And we're, you know, I look at oh, some of these girls down here, and it's like, check their IDs. I don't know. <laughs> they're not in high school anymore. And. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's just you, you do have to, you know, not overreact to every to things that you can't control. You know, it's mm-hmm. that's what we have is we had a young team this year. Okay, so how do we get them prepared yeah. and, and and get them ready for next year? Yeah, I mean, I can relate. We started three freshmen for most of the year, and it's like, yeah, we're talented, but they're also freshmen, and we're just gonna have to collect those scars. I mean, I think Casey, your team's a uh, great blueprint. You started the, the two twins as freshmen from day one last year, and you finished just a smidge above 500 last year. Uh, we were 15 and 10, maybe. 15 so and little, 10. Little yeah, a little bit better. And this year it's it's 17 and 6 seven, or 17 yeah. and 7, and in the state tournament this time around. And I, and I I I think those big leaps are hard to find. It's nice to have them when they happen to you, but 
you know, Kirk, you've progressively made your program better over the last four years, step by step. You had a couple bad injuries this year that derailed some stuff, obviously. But you know, you and, know. and you know, to speak to that, as as a coach, you you if you can't step back and be critical of yourself and ask yeah. your assistants what you know during the year what they think, and then looking back, like. It was it was funny because you know my terminology I I'm a football guy so I use a lot of football terminology and stuff like that and and uh, Coach Murren at South Dakota State and myself and Coach Hodges went went for lunch and and I was talking to Coach Baumgartner at at Doan and they were sitting at the table when I sat back down they both said well, we were just talking about all the words you use <laughs> that we don't understand <laughs> and so. It, you know, I, I, and instantly I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I got to make a glossary. I got to, I got to write stuff down That's that I can hand to them. Yeah, and 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 not only that, but like we, we lost a really good post player second game of the year, and you know, normally, uh, you know, you just assume you're going to have that kid, and then I'm I'm evaluating myself, and I did not do a good job of coming up with Plan B and Plan C. Yeah. And so I let our players down because I there, there's things that I didn't do as well this year as I needed to do, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And 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 you have to you have to have that plan. You have to figure okay, what if she's in foul trouble? Because if you're thinking okay, we're going to do this, then if that injury occurs, now you can do that full time. Yeah. But it affects everything around you, and yeah. and uh, you know you just. You hope to keep growing things, and and sometimes things happen, and you don't understand why, and and uh, you know you move on to the next thing. Got to roll with it. Figure out. Yeah. You know, for me, it's I'm able to get away and go recruit. So I'm yeah. out of the office. I'm gone. Uh, last week, I'm going to district games. Yep. I'm I'm there during the day, in and out a little bit, but you know, so that helps me. I'm still involved with basketball, but I'm not. Yeah. Right there where I would have my meetings right away or whatever yeah. so that helps yeah. so let's let's end on this here um what's one thing that that you want to work on and we had this yesterday as well and, and we'll have it tomorrow as well as a pre what's one thing that you want to work on for your your skill set as a coach in the off season here what's one thing that that you want to work on for yourself to make yourself better for next year so i'll go you know i'll talk uh yesterday um, uh, one of the things that I've gotten away from that I've got to do a better job of is is just reading more, reading more about leadership and different ways to lead and, and different uh, processes of, of how I can lead my team better in, in the direction I, I want to. I, I really felt like this year uh, I, I, I was not as patient as I could have been I need to find a, a better way of, of leading more positively. And I and I wasn't ranting and raving and throwing chairs like Bobby Knight or anything like that, but I, I definitely felt like I was not as at Markley just cried a little tear of joy with the Bobby Knight reference there. So producer producer guest producer Paul Markley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I just don't think I did a good job with that this year. I, I, I could have been more patient, done a better job of teaching than what I did. Now, uh, th- there's other parts to that story, but uh, I got to do better 
in, in that regard and get our get our kids ready to go a little bit better than that and I've got to do a better job of leading in that regard so that's that's what I'm looking to do for myself here uh, start that process we have our banquet on the 14th so I'm going to give myself until the you know kind of that Monday after the banquet and then for me my kind of off season is really going to kick in and start working on that type of stuff so uh, that that that's where I'm at so Casey what are you thinking or did I, I put know. you on the spot too much? Yeah, uh, it's like like I said, it's all kind of like fluid right now. Just thinking about so much stuff. Like uh, I think for me, just I work with the varsity so much. I think trying to be more involved with the JV with the younger kids because I I'm with the being the varsity assistant. I'm hands on with them every day in practice, all the time, helping them out. And JV's practicing on the other side of the floor. Like I need to be more involved with them because in a year or swinging time or two years they're going to be playing varsity so i got to make sure they understand how i coach how i can how i talk to them how i verbalize with them that's kind of one thing i'm kind of looking at is like i need to be more involved with that younger group not just jv maybe even like the freshman or reserve team being more involved with them so seeing them more and being involved in practice and stuff so that's kind of where i'm thinking right now anyway oh okay kirk how about you Kind of the same thing with you, but to another degree. So I need to, I need to read more. I tell myself all the time I ordered a book and it's still in the box sitting by my bed. But um, the leadership, but not so much. Obviously, I need to become a better leader. But you know, we all pick quote captains, and you hear that quote out there all the time. You want leaders, not captains. Captain is a title. Leadership's a thing. Um, and I want to I want to figure out how I can teach our kids that need to be leaders how to lead because we've got players on our team who who want to lead but they don't know how so their their response is on the court when things go bad they're getting after their teammates and I think there's a time and a place for that don't get yeah. me wrong but I think you you know the old Steve Nash the 234 touches a game you know the encouragement and stuff like that if you're doing that you know, just like us, if we're patting kids on the back all the time and we build that good relationship with kids, we can bark at them a little bit. Yeah. So for me, it's, it's trying to find a way to teach our kids that that want to be leaders. And that's the other thing. You know, we can let kids vote on captains, but sometimes those kids don't know how or don't really want to be a captain. They don't want to be a leader. They don't want that responsibility. So find who those kids are and then trying to help guide them in a way of how to lead. Coach Selk, what do you got for us? Mine is kind of based on uh, because of the, the problems I'm seeing with our team. And even Kurt mentioned earlier about um, needing a glossary. And my goal this this summer is to get kind of for our youth program get this is what we have to have, kind of our non-negotiables. But also, I want to get our coaches who are parents and we. You know, some of our parents are very decorated up there, but get them talking the same lingo. It was late my first year when one of the girls I had finally stopped me and said, what, what do you mean when you say this word? It's like, we're 10 games in. Why didn't you stop me earlier? It's like, now I understand why we weren't doing it. Right, you know? But um, kind of if we can simplify stuff down there and get them, I mean, it might be as simple as, you know, what's the elbow? Teaching a third grader, what's the elbow? Especially, we, you know, we see them in – Maybe a week for a camp. We might not see him again until the next summer. Uh-huh. And so, getting them and saying, "Hey, coaches, this is what we have to have." So we can we can tell them, you know, when we're running stuff, or you know, we need them to know these things. So 
one of our things to help our program grow is we're working on a glossary. We're working on, um, I'm, I'm going to steal this from Troy Scharf, who's the Pius baseball coach, but he has a preseason test um, for his baseball players oh, wow. over different rules, over different scenarios of, you know, balls hit here, where are you running? Kind of the same thing for us is, you know, if we're in, what does this mean? And make them diagram stuff and put a little bit more onus on on them um, to, to give us, you know, kind of a pretest in, in the classroom to see what they know. Because I think we assume, that was probably my biggest fault coming in, is I assume they knew, like, I thought we, we all spoke the same language, but we didn't, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and what Molly was saying was the same thing as me, we were just using different words. And yeah. so we got to get everybody on that. And same thing with, um, you know, we got Ashley Robinette, or now Ashley Odell, coaching one of our teams. She obviously knows basketball. But and she's reached out to me about hey can we get keys for this and she wants to be involved her daughter's coming up in case can we get you using the same lingo that we are so when we get them up there it alleviates that headache for us so that that would be probably one thing that I, I think we all overlooked because um, none of us on our staff now um, Trish was there a long time ago Trish Martin she played there she coached there she went she's away. all right. She's yeah, all right. Player. She's pretty good. Yeah, sure. Right. Um, our, our kids just don't know how good she is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but none of us coached together until three years ago, and so we're still learning. And I've got Brad Williams. He was a head uh, coach out at uh, Greeley for 33 years. Like, got a wealth of knowledge with him. Trish, great. Um, you know, and our our third assistant, our uh, reserve coach. His expertise is in baseball and softball but he's a head coach in that area so I you know we have all these areas to pull from that we've got to we need to make sure we're all and we are on the same page it's just we're off just a touch because we don't have that lingo down yet so that's that's our area of really coming together that way and we have we lose one senior so we're getting everybody back so it's a good time for us to make to you know fine-tune those little things for us I think just real quick it's interesting because they're all using coach Flynn's language most likely, and think about how long he's been coaching. Well, now it's not the wing anymore, it's the 45. It's not a pin-down screen, it's a floppy screen, you know, and so it, the, the the verbiage is, it means the same thing, yeah. it's just why they change it, I don't know, but they do, and so you're trying to change with the times, per se, that kids may or may not know based on high school. One of our favorite drills that the girls, they ask me to do all the time is, I call it blitz. Well, Coach Flynn calls it 11 man, and so up through camps and everything, and I'm trying to explain it, and finally, like, oh, this is 11 man. I'm like, sure, let's go with that then. Like, yeah, because I'm about ready to pull out what little hair I have. Like, yeah. Let's go with 11 man. Yeah. Man. It, yeah. It, it is. Like, but, but even then, like, he hasn't been in South Sioux in yeah, long several time. years, you know, but his. All his assistants have been all coaches. His assistants, they're coaching their little kids, they're doing the camps. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird on, like, <laughs> Like you said, you know, this is this screen. Well, no, that's this screen. But yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, got it figured out. Yeah, yeah. Or you're in the process of figuring it out. It's just going to make you better. So, uh, Carter Plum, you want to give a food review today? All right. Well, why don't you grab Casey's headset real quick here? All right. So Carter Plum is going to give us our mellow mushroom uh, food review. Um, Carter, tell us what pizza you got today. Uh, I changed it up. I got a pepperoni yesterday. Today I got the buffalo chicken pizza. Okay. And your thoughts? I think it was just as good, if not 
better than the one that I got yesterday. Okay. Why, why do you say that? Um, I don't know. I like hot wings more than pepperoni, so... <laughs> yeah. You're a man of many words, son. I, I, <laughs> straight to the point. Straight to the point. You're just, it was good. It was good. <laughs> it, was, it was good. It was good. Carter, that'll be on his tombstone. It was good. All right. All right. Thank you, Carter, for the food review. You're welcome. Uh, we're going we're gonna to wrap things up here. I uh, want to thank uh, Steve Selk, head girls basketball coach at South Sioux City High School. Kirk Walker, head women's basketball coach at the College of St. Mary's. Uh, in Omaha, St. Mary, St. Mary, St. Mary, Mary, Mary. That There's sounds no like we're in it. France or something like that. And and uh, you know, it's just our SID is make sure she corrects that. So I'm going to correct it right now. Gotcha. All right, <laughs> my fault. Sports Information Director <laughs> at College of St. Mary. <laughs> so uh, Casey Hall, assistant girls basketball coach at Millard West High School. Our guest producer, Mr. Paul Markley, the man, the myth. The legend, the tip of the hat. You, you want to talk about a man that just is legendary. Man, a few words. Yes. Wise but, words. The, but the few words he gives are Ball very, very wise. So. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, we do want to thank Mike here, the, the GM at Mellow Mushroom. Uh, he's been great to us. Uh, another great day today. Um, and, uh, again, if you're down here for the state tournament, for the girls of the boys' state tournament, uh, it's, a, it's a great location. Get your parking. Come on over. Plop on down, get yourself a good meal before you go over and watch some ball games. Uh, really, really good stuff here. So, uh, state tournament roundtable number two. Uh, three new guests today. We're going to have three more guests tomorrow, and really excited for that. So, coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.